everyone. Welcome back to the Esoterics Podcast. I am Fiora Elise. And this is Joe. Today, we are really excited to welcome special guest Laura Davila, author of the book Mexican Sorcery, a practical guide to Brujeria del Rancho, aka Daphne La Hechicera. Welcome. Thank you. Excited you're here. Thanks for inviting me, guys. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me. I was like super excited to uh, to talk to you guys. I still remember like what was two years ago when I get to start following this podcast because you guys uh, shared something that I wrote about uh, the Day of the Dead. So yes, it was so cool because a lot of people, you know, start like messaging me and oh my god, you know, this podcast and you know. So oh, it, nice. oh my god, time time flies like I mean two years is <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, because I, I was telling Joe, I was like when I was explaining to her, like, oh, we should have her on, and then I was explaining who you were, and I was like, We've shared her stuff before. And then when I went back to look at when it was, I was like, Oh my god, it, that was a while ago. Two years, that's a long time. So you've been a listener for two years. Yeah, yeah. Yay, yeah. yay. I love meeting people. I have like I was like two years and a half on the online community i don't have a lot of time like a lot of practitioners um and i mean it's like different reasons why first like my english is not like a native speaker english level so sometimes i i i struggle with certain words or meanings or Mm -hmm. my accent is which is very thick and uh, the other thing is you know I, i was not in the position where I was able to be very public, at least not like like on social media about my practice because um, I was fixing my immigration status and I was just like super afraid like to get, you get like, you can get any kind of officer like interrogating you. But uh-huh. I was like, what about if I get somebody who's very conservative and they see like mm-hmm. Santa Muerte and they, immediately associate Santa Muerte or Malverde like I mean a gang they have done mm, it before. right right so um, for me it was like there is no way that I will jeopardize my kids citizenship because the other two didn't have either like even uh legal permanent residents like me so it was like a no-no mm-hmm, yeah so now it's like you know thanks god we we finally have all of us, you know, my two older sons and me, myself. That part resolved so far. So now I can be more open, you know, uh, about my beliefs and what I do and what I, you know. Yeah. No, that's that's great. Yeah. How long was that process? How, how... Well, I, I I was like seven like seven years like with no documents. Like wow. my my I brought my two kids very young one one was nine years old and mm-hmm. the other one was uh, five years old they only speak spanish so they had to uh-huh. be in a special classes yes. and it was very hard because in that time i didn't speak any english uh-huh. so i think that's how i learned it like helping them with the homeworks and stuff uh-huh. yeah then i married my my husband and that's uh-huh. how i I got to fix my status. That's something that I ever, because it's a lot of people like very like um, ignorant and they're like, oh my God, but you did it. And so everybody can do that. And I'm like, no, it's actually not a path to citizenship unless you marry somebody 
who's going yeah. to sponsor you and pretty much like is your husband that's right it. because even if it's your parents that the ones that are citizens if you immigrate after you're 21 you cannot get your citizenship that way so yeah it was like, oh my God, a really, really hard process because even though like I had my husband, like they like interview you, they like, mm -hmm. like separate you from the children and hey, you know what happened and how did you cross and you know, yeah. it, my nerves was like, how do you like asking somebody who just crossed when he, he was five years old? Like, oh, yeah. how do you think he's going to respond the same thing that me, you know, yeah. when I was yeah. 25? Yeah. So it was like very hard because they don't tell you like right away, like you're approved or you're not approved. Mm -hmm. They, some of them are like, oh, let, let's see. And you don't get a response in one month, two months. And you're like, oh my God. Like, yeah. Now yeah. I'm like, not only like hiding, I'm ha like, I, I just like get out of the shadows and I don't know what <laughs> is going to happen to me now. Uh. So it's, it's, it's just quite uh experience quite a process quite a journey <laughs> yeah i love that you know what strikes me is that where you are right now and how you're just starting to step out into the spotlight it strikes me that it meshes with the astrology yeah that's probably. going on right now <laughs> yeah so it's cool yeah, yeah, yeah probably cool. it's funny because you know i'm 69 percent mercurial like I'm a uh, Virgo Sun, Leo Moon, Virgo Rising, Virgo Mercury, Virgo Venus, and only um, Mar Sag Sagittarius Mars. So, but if you go to the other houses, you will see a lot of Gemini and Virgo, like everywhere. Okay. So I, it must have been something because right now, I don't know if you already read the book of Mexican sorcery that the place that I was born and raised, there is a lot of people with Jewish heritage, you know? Uh -huh. So right now there is, you know, I have a lot of family records and everybody is like, you know, right now, like they're trying in Portugal to make some kind of reparations to people who have this heritage and they're living in Mexico and other places in Latin America. And it's kind of like, if you have the way to, prove you know you have ties like your family had ties with what happened like you can get your portugal citizenship and passport oh. so it will be like oh my god three passports so <laughs> but it's it's just that is is i think um it has to do a lot with you know planetarian movements and yeah yeah it's very in the sky because from like i was pretty much seven years undocumented to have you know, that be that lucky enough to have three citizenships, which is not illegal in the United States. You can, you know, you can have dual yeah. or triple. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I took my parents about, I, I want to say 12, 13 years to get their citizenship their, to go through the complete process because they didn't have anybody sponsoring them. They got here, my dad got here in the late 70s early 80s and then my mom got here in like 81 82 I think and uh, yeah it was a long time like I I remember helping them study for for their naturalization test it's a long it's a long time it's a long path so people who say like oh you can do it not only is it long it's also expensive like you have to be able to afford it yeah it's, 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 um, yeah there's yeah, a lot there's a like lot a, to it 
a very hard process, like emotionally, like mentally, like. So I have to ask you then, because I mean, the, the book I know kind of supports this. Did you use a lot of brujeria and practices to kind of help push the process yeah. along? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> did. Absolutely. And, you know, and that's the other thing. Um, there is people who laugh because I'm like, dude, I seriously do brujeria for everything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, and I would do for for me more than spells and, you know, hechizos for me, like it's a lifestyle. Yeah. You know, right. and people ask and all and it times and, and it works all the times. And no, I, I have no, no shame or no like embarrassment to say, no, sometimes it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. But it, when it doesn't work, it's because. I'm so protected or I, I trust so much on, you know, like my saints and, you know, my folk saints that it wasn't the time mm-hmm. or it wasn't the best thing for me. Yeah. So, no, it doesn't work all the times. But when it doesn't work, it usually understand years after. Yes. Probably like why mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. didn't work in that time, in that moment or didn't work at all. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I. I I do brujeria for pretty much everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, even when every time, like, uh, I had to go to, like, an immigration interview or anything, mm-hmm. you know, I was always with my things handy, <laughs> like, everywhere to, you know, keep me protected. Yeah. Yeah. I know you have one in there about to get a job or to get, like, your, your ideal job. Yeah. Yeah. That, too. That, that's uh, with... um. Santa Clara. Okay. So yeah, that's a, a, a big one that that have worked several times. Thanks God. So so tell us about your book. Tell us what 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 you know what it is, what its concept is, and then why you decided to write this. Well, first of all, <laughs> the, the for me the the principal reason to write this book it was pretty much preservation. Mm. And the other thing that I starting to see that it really hurt me inside and worried me at the same time was all that nonsense about the gatekeeping, uh, you know? Yeah. And it, it, for me, of course, I, I respect every person's opinion on the matter. Yeah. But my opinion is this one. I understand that we want to, like, keep these practices, like you know, safe from people who are like culture vultures, you know, sure. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wanna <Good> profit <laughs> from these teachings, right? Mm-hmm. And this cultural heritage that we have. But at the same time, I think this shouldn't be our job because how can we, you know, not leave like this job to the spirits if we're like asking these spirits to protect us and like enforce boundaries that we cannot do ourselves. Mm-hmm. Why would we, you know, why would not trust like they can do the same with the practices? Yeah. Yeah. You know, or with so these boundaries. You, so when you say preservation, you mean preserving the, the culture, the beauty, the practices, yeah. um, you know? Yeah. Beautiful. And the other thing it was like, you know, yeah, right now I'm seeing a lot of people so afraid to speak of 
about the cultural practices and the magical practices of grandparents because there is other people mocking them like oh but who's your teacher and who's your elder mm -hmm. and who you know mm -hmm. not everybody um learn brujería or hechicería or curanderismo in that way yeah it's a you privilege know? it's a privilege uh, to have access yeah, exactly. to an elder yeah exactly mm -hmm. so what about if tomorrow is my kids the one that they're being gatekeeped from the community yeah you know from these practices yeah mm -hmm. because um i don't know like because my kids have like red hair or because you know their english since the old, uh, younger ones were born here you will not imagine like they're first generation sure you know mm -hmm. yeah so for me was a way to say hey you know all of us have stories and all of us have somebody something to to tell to somebody even yeah. if you're not like the super experienced you know all of us mm -hmm. have something to learn from somebody else Absolutely. you know even if the other person is is studying right yeah so it was a way to make this more digestible to make this more reachable to other folks who were like so so scared because I have heard things like, but I'm half Mexican. It doesn't matter, you know, no. like, or mm -hmm. I'm a quarter, like, no, yeah. I, I, I even put the example of Chabela Vargas, like Mexicanicity is more about identity. Yes. Uh -huh. More than blood quantum, you know, yeah. more than anything else. Yeah. It's a social construct. So the other thing that, that, that amazed me, like, people who have grown in Mexico or like first generation Mexicans, even other places in Latin America, how our moms, how our abuelitas were like, you know, they were very inviting. They were very welcoming. They yeah. were very like, you know, mi casa es su casa. Can mm -hmm. I fix you a plate? You know, yeah. why, why we're losing that? Yeah. Because in the moment we're like, not following the same steps. We're Americanizing it at the uh, same time. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it was like, no, that's not how our elders were. That's not how our abuelitas were. Yeah. That's not how they are. Yeah. Yeah. They were, they were very chatting and very welcoming. So I tried to preserve in other ways that I think other authors were not trying to preserve, you know? Yes. Yeah. I think, unfortunately, sometimes it just gets lost when we when we immigrate, we we remove ourselves from our place of origin. Unfortunately, we can't help it. We lose we lose some parts because we're not there to learn it. But but that's the beauty of this work is that you are preserving this because you never know the next generations, two generations away from you, you know, your grand your grandchildren, how are they going to learn it? Mm -hmm. And that's the other thing. I mean, I don't think this this uh, teaching has to do with, you know, like if you speak Spanish or not, or what color you are, mm -hmm. or what percentage of blood quantum you have. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's just, you know, something that I wanted to like to put outside. And I think there is a lot of things that, and I don't want to like sound like, you know, gatekeeping with this totally the opposite because. This is something that I, I've been telling my patrons. I have even like a 
not an argument, but see, like a heater, heated, like a heated exchange. <laughs> yeah. So I was telling, it's really hard for me to put like the the prayers in Spanish because when you hear the prayers in Spanish, they rhyme. Is sometimes they're a prose. So, uh. and when you translate it in English, they they sound chunky. Yes. Yes. I can make them like you know, rhyme too, but I'm not going, I will not be saying the same thing that your grandma was saying. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And it's a lot of people who speak Spanish and they're going to say, eh, that's not how it goes, this prayer. I know this prayer because. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. So for me, it was very hard. And I was telling, you know, a lot of brujería mexicana relies in Spanish language. Right. Even if we don't want to. Yeah. And she was like, but that's the colonizer language. So is English. I understand that. And I agree with you. But the thing is, we have almost six, the the last 600 years, you know, like speaking Spanish. Yeah. And if you listen to the colonizer, they don't speak Spanish in the same way that we do. No, they're, you know, the Castilian is very different from Spanish from Mexico. Like we have a lot of Nahuatl. Mm-hmm. Words. Mm-hmm. like aguacate, squinkle, and I can name you a lot. Yes. And if you're in the northeastern part of, of Mexico, where I am from, we have even words that they're very like Arab yeah. and Jewish. Yes. Like yes. huerco. Uh-huh. Guadalajara is actually an uh, Arabic word. Ah. So oh. that's what I was telling. You know, the language, we rely a lot of the in the language in Spanish from Mexico for these practices. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just like in the borreguito de la abundancia, like the lana is like the slang for money. Uh yes, right. And lana so, is wool, right? So the wool is wool. Not, yeah. So yeah. and it's things like that. Um I I I read other books like of brujería in English where they tell you like amarre means a love spell or any item that is like a love a drawing, like, mm-hmm. you know, and like a Benami is an amarre. And I was like, mm. things like that were like, do you at least me- like understand what it means? Like the word, like amarre is just like amarre, like amarrar something. Yeah, it literally means to tie something. Yeah, exactly. So why, why amarre? is the word that it is because, you know, the spell work is a sympathetic magic of the most, like, important marriage ceremonies in Mexico. Yes. Which is the amarre of the tilma and the huipil from the mechicas, where they tie their clothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then since the Catholics were not able to eradicate yeah. these, these formal marriages, that's why Mexican people have the lasso. Yeah, and that's what we had. We had in our wedding, we had the, the lassos. That's why, you know, like, specifically amarres have a specific rituals and specific materials, like, yeah, like, yeah. um, like a quartz, knots, um, laces, you mm-hmm. know, something that we can tie. Yes, yes. And things like that, that I wanted to put like out like Betty, you know, specifically, because just like you said, we lose a lot of things with language. With, yes. With time, with Uh, the distance, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it was for me to like, okay, let me put it here. And I think it's happening because just like I said, we're losing a lot of 
cultural heritage because there is a lot of mocking there is a lot of bullying yeah there is a lot of like why do you 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 have a microphone who mm -hmm. are you mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. yeah you yeah. know yeah but in, i have seen folks asking other folks about their ancestry tests like literally like, and like i don't have to prove to you and that's the thing okay so i learned this from my friend grace she said because she's uh her mother is mexican and her dad is he's white he's irish and all this other stuff she's mm -hmm. like i don't call myself half i am part because you don't know dna doesn't get split 50 50 like you go and you take a dna test and i understand it gives you percentages and stuff but at the end of the day like you are both parts so there's no point in saying like oh i'm a quarter this i'm half this i'm whatever like it's pointless for what like just i'm part I, all of it is a part of me i am made up of all yeah. of it yeah is insane you know mm -hmm. i think that is the thing like there is a lot of people who know these stories you know that their grandmas or great grandmas have told them but they're afraid to like speak out <laughs> yes because they don't want to be called out and they don't want to be mocked and then but meanwhile we're all of us losing that knowledge that um that that you know that treasures mm-hmm Mm -hmm. so, so it's, it's a lot of that I'm going to be honest I haven't read the book your book so can you give those of us that haven't sort of an outline like what is the book about what do you do what do you explain to people like okay um, well the, the, the book is actually a book of spells recipes um, and salmos um, which are psalms what else a lot of folklore like yes. a lot of folklore um stories that about saints um there is like um guideline on how to practice you know on brujeria de rancho a guideline of what is brujeria de rancho and you know there is an explanation of all these you know recipes you know yes. for example in the book i tell you like okay most of the things uh, that's another reason why I wrote the book because I have seen a lot of books of Mexican brujería where you have to have a lot of money to yeah, buy piritas and moldavids and frost quartz and these quartz. You're not going to see anything of that on my book. Mm -hmm. Pretty much the 98% of the things that I mention in the book, you have it in the kitchen, in your pantry. Yeah, And even if you don't have them, and if you are in a really hard position financially, you can go and ask to your neighbor, like, you're going to cook a sopa de fideos. Like, yeah. oh, do you have pepper? Do you have cumin? Do mm -hmm. you have salt? Yeah. You know, or even, like, go to, you know, 7-Eleven and grab, like, you know, something. Um, so that was another thing that I wanted people to understand, like, you know, especially people uh, who have like ancestors who emigrated here. Like we come like with one hand, you know, adelante and, and another one on the back because we battle it comes with clothing <laughs> <laughs> because there is no way you can bring anything. Yeah. A lot of like Mexicans uh, have like a very, um, uh, there's a lot of l uh, lack of, um, purchasing power mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. so i wanted to 
to people had the the opportunity to reevaluate that we don't need a lot of like you know things from a bunch of other supplies. places you yeah, know yeah so this is more like the old-fashioned way to to practice um what else i talk about you know uh some brujas de rancho uh they actually i put there that they have their own songs and i mentioned the songs um that you can hear so about these stories i talk about el charro negro um who is um like a spirit a folk spirit from the mexican revolution uh -huh. but at the same time he's like a demonic um a spectrum ah okay okay and that was the question that i had about this was mm -hmm. because i noticed that I, one of the things i loved about the book was that you mentioned like how to work with deities or saints and and people and like one of the the, the points that you make was like don't work with someone you don't know Because I was like, mm -hmm. yeah, like that isn't that a given? Like it's a, like you know, you would think, but it's but it's not for people. Like some people don't have the common sense to like. Other oh, just like, oh, that person looks cool, and they just start, you know, trying to do stuff with with them and not mm -hmm. realizing like who they are. But um, I wanted to know like, what have you gotten like negative feedback about like those certain like types of patrons or like Santa Muerte or like anything like that? No, so you know, I was. <laughs> just like I was telling you why I, I I wrote the book I was like already like this <laughs> because I know the community mm -hmm. I know the community but I never expect like the book went viral and then everybody was inviting me to podcast and the book was is still in the bestseller list it's amazing and it's almost yeah, like three cool. months yeah So I wasn't expecting that, but the thing, and and I tell this to everybody, is it's really hard to take the praise, uh -huh. because this is not so. Yeah, I. You put you know, it. Yeah, I know I, you put it together. Yeah, yeah but yeah. this is not something that I invented. No, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So the, these a lot of these prayers exist and have existed for centuries. Yes. Yes. You know, the only thing that I did was translating them, but mm -hmm. I didn't invent the Charro Negro. No. I didn't invent La Bruja de la Huasteca. Yeah. I didn't invent La, 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 la Cuerva de la Petaca. Those stories were stories that our grandparents used to tell us. Yes. Yeah. You know, the only, that's what I tell them. Like, the only original story is the one where I get lost in the cemetery. That's my, that's my experience and don't bet to exist. <laughs> okay. But other than that, You know, like the ways to work, mm -hmm. what do we believe? That's not something that, you know, I came up with no. or I create. So yeah. it's very hard to take the praise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, but it, it has their advantages too, because even if somebody was like, oh, that's bullshit. Well, no, you know, it's not mine. It's, yeah. I didn't, <laughs> you know, right. it's right. what your grandparents were doing and mine. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, yes. Yeah. So, but, I was ready for that, but I wasn't ready for all the, ah, we love it, you know? Yeah. And I remember these, and I remember that. Oh, and, yes. you know? Yes, yeah. So you were probably channeling. What's your, do you know your numerology? Yeah. <laughs> I, I what's, love, your, what's your life path? I think it's six. 
a six. six. Okay, so you're probably I can't figure it out over on the air, but are you? Do you know if you're a master oh. number? Are you a thirty-three six? Well, déjame decirte esto. <laughs> so I talk about. I mean, this is the tetragrammaton of my great grandma. So oh. all of us, you know, had been passing and passing and passing through generations. Actually, like this. If you see any like things in the botanicas, any like talisman will have a tetragrammaton on the back. Like that's very traditional on Mexican culture. And that's a tetrahedron so, for, for our English uh, speakers. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And she's uh, showing us her necklace. It's a pendant she's showing us. Yeah. It has, it's like um, 14 carats, uh, you know, like um, with a ruby and a diamond and an, uh, um, tourmaline, like different stones, right? Yeah. But, you know, a tetragrammaton is like the 72 names of God, right? Oh. So when, and it's like a family tradition, and I, I you know, I talk about that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But when the first time that I see the cover of my book and the, the back of the cover, all the books have here, you know, a number that is the ESBN number that... Yeah. Not the QR other, code, or not the QR code, but the code. No, the no, the, code. the one, the, the one that is like, that's your like um copyright number like oh all the you know uh -huh. all the books around the world have one so the the number is 72 uh -huh. which is a mass like um a, a number a master number the, the same one that the 72 no names of god and oh, i was like oh my god that's beautiful mm -hmm. no it's just confirmation like, wow. yeah it's just confirmation yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so i love that yeah so I, I, I love, you know, numerology. That's one of the things that were the favorite things of my grandma to do because every time somebody was going to open a business or like something, always she was always very like checking the numbers of the the, the address, the, ha the addresses yep. or the yep. birth dates or when they were going to the dates, yes. everything everything phone numbers that you get for the business like you check the numerology for everything, everything. yeah 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 i think my like i have a lot of six like um and nine so yeah you well the humanitarian energy right that energy is to reach as many people as possible to make global changes. So this book mm -hmm. is, you know, really tied into that energy. Yeah. But the reason I asked about the master number, because master numbers tend to have an element of fame. It doesn't need to be, you know, national or international fame, but there is some element of fame where you're getting your word out to as many people as possible. So when you tie it into that nine, yeah, it, it was, it was sort of like destined to be successful. Yeah. yeah, just, you know, when I saw like the 72 in the, in the registry of the, that I was like, no, it's going to be fine, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, it is like, like a dream, like sometimes oh, I, I, I don't like, wow, like it's here and like the book has a lot of like aunts and um, uncles that they love it and they recommend it and, you know, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, when I read it, I started reading it. I won. I was like, the first thing I did was like, I was like, telling my mom because a bunch, of, a lot of stuff was like you said. Like, I'm like, oh, like 
my grandpa did that or like oh i learned that from my mom or like so just to show her like hey just so you know there's more (laughs) Mm -hmm. so what do you see yourself doing to expand it like you're not going to just stop with this one book like what 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 does the dream say i want to i'm actually like under uh another contract of for the next book so nice it was like it, it was weird because it, it usually is very rare, like uh, a publisher wanted, want you to write a next book that fast. Mm-hmm. Like, because they give you an advance, right? Yeah. And you pretty much are playing with the money of the house because <laughs> if the book sells, it's good. If it doesn't sell, mm-hmm. yeah. they're the ones that are like putting the money, right? Yeah. Uh, so pretty much until you don't, you don't pay back your royalties that they give you in advance. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're not going to owe us more. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it was like, it, this went out and at the week they were asking me if I had something else. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I have like something else, but it's not quite right. No, just give us like a project. Like don't even give us like the, the beginning. Like when I did with this one, it, I gave them pretty much like the 3% of the book. Okay. This time I was just like, nah, about this. Oh, perfect. And it was like that easy. Like, and yeah. nice. there is a lot of people who struggle a lot to, to publish. That wasn't my case. It, it mm-hmm. really, really like felt on my lap. Like, mm-hmm. you do. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it mm-hmm. was more like, um, I don't know if I, every, I, every time I go to a podcast, I, every, every time I tell the same story. So, when uh, American Brujeria went out, uh-huh. um, Jay Allen Cross and I started like, you know, like uh, DMs and like inbox, like, because I used to write, like, and he was like, oh, that would be amazing if you could write a book. And I was like, yeah. And oh, r- write a book, I will help you. And I was like, you know, <laughs> and then one day he was like, are you, you, do you already have the manuscript? And I was like, are you you were talking serious and he was like yeah i was talking serious (laughs) wait this is a thing Uh uh-huh and so he was like if you don't understand something of the process or anything just let me know and i'm going to help you and i was like "Eh." he's until one day i didn't have anything else to do and i started writing and writing and writing (laughs) i was like now is there oh let me talk with yurika blah 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 next week yurika like called me everybody says like it took like months Mm -hmm. and she was like oh i love it i just need to put it like in a review with the all the you know people who had to vote like if we publish it or not and you know i don't know if you you have like heard about judica she has a lot of books she has she writes encyclopedias of witchcraft okay so, and she told me, oh my God, she did the photo work for Matt Aurin. And she had, she does her, her encyclopedias and her books. And plus she edits or books, she edited my book and okay. Jay Allen Cross book. So she was like, I have read a lot of books of Brujeria yes. Mexicana, but nobody had been here and tell me the things that you had come and tell me like in the way that, like I didn't even know. Yeah. Because, like I had to check, you know, yeah. if the stories that you were telling, like they were real. Like <laughs> these people went to Mexico and yeah. And I was like, oh my god, people needs to, 
Yeah, because that's one of the, the, the really beautiful things that I appreciated about your book, because it's not just like recipes and, and the witchcraft part of it. It's also the folklore, the history behind it. So and I think that's that's where some people there's a disconnection that happens is because, OK, yeah, this is the practice. But like, do you know why we do it? Like, where does it come from? What does it mean? Like the origins, the right? Origins, like exactly. The origins. For me, it was a lot of like books were like because my elders say so. Uh-huh. And exactly. Like, okay? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But why? <laughs> but because, why? Because there's that seven energy. Say. There's the seven energy. <laughs> the seeker of deeper meaning, getting to the root of the why, trying to figure that out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, but why? You know? And and the other thing, a lot of books without quotations, citations, and um, bibliography. I, I, I put like three pages of bibliography where mm-hmm. you can go and check some of them are in Spanish, some of them in English, but right now you with a Google translate, yeah. you can, if you want it, you can, Yeah, you know? Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> it was for me important to, just like I said, you know, people to be able to not only have what I put here, but like they could like research for more mm-hmm. if they wanted to. So yeah. And she was like okay so you want to like do the rest of the book and you know where we have to do a contract and stuff and we did it and you know it, yeah. it, i was all nervous all the process because you know the, the community is very like you know like a strict like mm-hmm. and my English is not like you know, you know the book the book is amazingly well written I like I had no yeah it was very easy to read it was great I and I no the the verbiage in there is wonderful like I yeah I I yeah. absolutely recommend the book it's no great. it had to pass first for my husband ah. because he, he's from here <laughs> so he was like okay here or there and and he he was funny because there is a lot of words that I use in Spanish that he said that this is a very long word uh-huh. that he's <laughs> like we don't use that word I mean it exists that word in English yes but, and I'm like well that's the translation but uh-huh. that's how we speak in Spanish yes yes and then, of course, it passed by Judica, and then you know, mm-hmm. they they make it to all the grammar and all the punctuation yeah. and all yeah. the you know. Yes, no. To it, be it turned out well. It turned out really well. Um, I had one more. I had one more question for you, and this is because like Joe and I are kind of on the same page of some of your recipes involve like blessed items like Palm Sunday cross or holy water. But what would you recommend for those of us who are like, don't want to go to a church or don't want to like do anything with the church specifically? Like, what advice would you give us? Like, how do we get this? uh, Well, that's the thing. I don't think like I'm a church church goer. Uh I mean, I go pretty much like five times per year. Okay. And that's how I was raised. Yeah. And that's how I was raised. And that's how most of us in Mexico, we're Catholics, but we're Catholics from bautismos, bodas, quinceaños. Yes. And that's it. Yes. It's like we have to. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) that's what I do. Like, for example, like on, I think I mentioned it, like on Sabado de Gloria, like I take like a a basket with my Sirios Pascuales, with my uh, pañuelos, with 
some candles mm -hmm. and you can bless everything at the same time uh. like that day even the holy water okay. you know okay um the holy water um you can like seriously like take a garrafon of water mm -hmm. a gallon of water and yes everything is going to be like blessed at the same time okay okay so is I, I sometimes i didn't even listen what he's saying you know <laughs> and that's why i don't do church that's why i don't because it's yeah, most I mean, time i go to sleep and and and, and that's the thing too unless like any red i have done two or three of my life like i make it a burial and entierro uh -huh. that i know if you remember what i put there like dude why you're going to work put the the, the priest to work to do your burial I'm not killing the pelado. The, the priest is killing the pelado that I want to kill. <laughs> so the thing with the burials is like, that's another thing that I just make, make me like laugh. Like, oh, you like put somebody like and put like a uh, cemetery dirt or uh -huh, you uh -huh. just put yeah. him and that's it. No, yeah. it's actually a ritual. Yeah. You know, before in the ranchos, they used to give like those like um, services like, oh, this is the person and the priests used to do that now it takes a lot of like um paperwork but mm -hmm. some churches they still like oh can you add this name you know yeah yeah to the, or yeah. if even if they don't let you like if you can go to one and just you know pronunciate the name of the person but don't then that's the thing that i tried like really hard to not give the impression that i'm like oh like a church goer or I'm always there or mm -hmm. okay. that is something that I enjoy doing okay. either. Be so. Because I think the thing is my, I know my heritage and our, our heritage is pretty close to each other. Cause like my family's from Zacatecas, um, mm -hmm. which isn't too far from where, where you're no. from. No, it's like um, in the South of Nuevo Leon It's the state that is yes. under. Yeah. They're, they're, they're right next to each other. But mm -hmm. um the thing is with like a lot of the indigenous practices, which is a lot of where these like rituals were or originate from was the only reason why they involve saints and, and this other like blessed items was because that's the only way they could get a, get away with continuing their practices is they had to like basically get their saints involved. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I, that's the way that I try to honor it is like understanding like, okay, I can work with a saint regardless of the damage that a church has done because the saint is just like the energy of this specific exactly. person right that's who i'm i'm working with i'm yeah. not working with the church i'm working with the saint no and uh a friend of mine actually posed something about that that even if you're not catholic uh -huh. like you're like a protestant person uh -huh. like work with a saint is straight out like necromancy oh like, uh -huh. <laughs> yeah yeah if you want to see it that way because <laughs> instead of like we're connecting because or love to jesus christ or the the virgin mary because a lot of saints were very devotees of mary uh -huh. we're connecting because i'm offering you a bottle of rum and i want you to do a job for me yeah you know yeah yeah so, yeah, I mean, even if you don't consider yourself Catholic or even if you're not in a really good standing with the church, <laughs> you can do this, okay. you know? Okay. Yeah, I, I, I like to see, like, 
Jesus and I, I don't necessarily work with like the Virgin Mary, but like Mary Magdalene, I, I just consider them like ascended masters. Right. And and look yeah. at them like that of the energy that they carry and and look at them as these helpful beings that are here to to help me help other people. And that's it. And regardless, that's exactly yeah. how I look at saints. Exactly. As ascended masters. Yes. The thing is, like, religion is because a lot of corruption, because there Uh is a lot of human leading those places. Yeah. But not only in the Catholic, I mean, there is a lot of people, like, who does the the OSHA, and it says, like, you know, mi padrino or my babalao did this to me or that. Yeah, Yeah, it's because it's a religion, and you're going to find are really bad people there and are really good people too yes you know yes it's just you know it's human nature even in like uh uh-huh like people who who are like you know doing the the weekend yes some priestess are really good some of them Mm -hmm. are narcissists yeah even like gurus gurus right like in going into that like we talked about all this stuff with like um, the hot yoga guy or whatever and all the sec- the uh-huh. sexual predators and so yeah they're it's all over it's in everything when you involve like humans on yeah. something that is divine there is a lot of like covert narcissists mm-hmm. and <laughs> predators on on that so it's just yeah. you know be like really conscious be really careful about it yes. and that has nothing to do with God or yeah. the saints. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. it's all over the socials and they're given a platform and they have people that follow them. And then, like you said, that's covert narcissism. And then they use spiritual practices that they sort of twist and tweak yes. and, you yeah. know, manipulate. And then all of a sudden, these are their teachings and they're just a bastardized version. Yeah. Of and it happens in original. every religion. Yeah. Every yeah. religion, every genre. Yeah. You know, yeah. No, yeah, yeah no. It's, and that's why yeah. I think you have to work to, to preserve your power. Don't give your power away. Don't put all your faith in mm-hmm. one person. This one person can't do it all mm-hmm. for you. They can be a yeah. short term guide. They can be there to help you through a a tough time. But then at some point, you have to find your own way and your own practices and have own your power and and continue on. And not give it away, you know. And that's the other thing that I I wanted, you know, to put out there, too, because I have read like, oh, you can only like be a bruja if you're like in apprenticeship with somebody who make (laughs) uh, see who made seeing you that you have the gift. Right. No. no. Mm-hmm. That's like, the gatekeeping. We're back at the gatekeeping yeah. again, right? Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you don't you don't know about Karen Lara. Like Karen Lara is the best selling author of uh magia, brujería, and hechicería in Mexico mm-hmm. in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Just starting writing things that other people gave to her. Yeah. Like as and she just got in unemployed. She was like, I don't have a job. What do I do? Uh, so she started writing, uh-huh. you know, and that's how people managed to survive the the recession in Mexico of the 80s and 90s. And a lot of people were more like about magic and brujería than their own church yeah. because it was very away from social reality. Yeah. I wanted to give 
and make people to understand that they have their own um, power and their yes. own so so this is not a practice that requires an, an initiation uh-huh yeah you know yeah. because don't make a mistake i i respect the practices that you need to get initiated yeah sure but brujería is not yeah it's not one of them in mexico yeah. it's yeah. not yeah so um yeah yeah is that 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 yeah that's how i that's how i was raised that's how i grew up my my parents they did they don't they didn't call it brujería <laughs> but mm-hmm. they but they were doing brujería for everything i mean whenever my dad needed to uh, he wanted a raise when he was going to go interview for a job um there was some you know they would light a candle for yeah. a saint he would do an ofrenda there was some kind of offering there was some always an exchange but all the time for anything uh you know if they were going to the doctor if they had something wrong with them I mean, they were going to the doctor, but then they were also doing their ofrendas on the side, like also like, you know, help both because there's nothing wrong with both. Um, you know, you can get the a traditional treatment if there's something wrong with you. But at the same time, like invoke some energy of the saints to come give you, you know, a little heads yeah. up, a, a yeah. hand up. And so how tied is that to your mom's extreme superstition? <laughs> I don't know where the superstition co- I think the superstition is just like a colonizer thing. I think I, I, I mean part of it I think comes from a little bit of brujería, but another part of it I think is like the colonizer energy of like being afraid of certain things. Um yeah. Yeah, yeah. picking up on it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But some things but like uh, there's one thing that you mentioned in the book Laura about don't walk around your house barefoot, like no, 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 caminas en el descalzos en la casa. Porque todo entra por los pies. <laughs> because everything, yeah, because everything comes in through your feet. Um, but, and even like if you want to talk science wise, you have the most amount of pores on the bottoms of your feet. It, take care of yourself, take care of your feet. Like don't walk around uncovered because it, yeah, you can, you can pick yeah. stuff up. And more like we as women, uh, there is like a meridian that goes from mm-hmm. your feet yes. to your All uterus. Your and uh-huh. when no, you caught that coldness, mm-hmm. oh my God, your cramps are going to be awful. Yes, yes. So there is a lot of that. Yes. Yeah, I know my mom. I mean, I, I don't wear shoes in the house, but I always have socks on. And like always, yeah. I, I yeah. can't be actually barefoot. But oh, see, I don't I have to be barefoot. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. No, there's a lot of belief around that, around um, keeping your feet warm and how it keeps the rest of your body warm. And also your yeah. head too, your crown, like the crown mm-hmm. of your head between the crown of your head and the bottoms of your feet. Like those two mm-hmm. things should be warm. <laughs> it affects yeah, the rest yeah. of your body. Yeah. Yeah. OK. All right. Yeah. But, you know, that is. And, and the other thing that it makes me laugh, like, oh, but why we have to be like make brujería demonic? And I'm like, no, what? So what if it's demonic? Like, who cares? Like, <laughs> I don't care what they think. You know? Yeah. There is certain yeah. entities that you will need from time to time. You know? <laughs> and it is what it is. You know? Just like trying to make brujería mexicana like all like rainbows and butterflies i don't like that too because it's both yeah exactly yeah it's just uh, nonsense and it's duality it's part of it's part of life right yeah you know yeah it's all part of it yeah 
it's not like the karma thing or the law of, of you know threefold that was my final like question that. yeah that was my final question for you specifically with mexican brujeria what is 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 there like an understanding about like that energy like i think is a lot of that has to do with balance okay i think mexican brujeria and hechicería is a way to balance things out okay uh mexican brujeria and hechicería belongs to vulnerable groups women uh -huh. trans women indigenous women uh gay people mm -hmm. you know transgender people more like uh marginated and like for forgotten like parts of the population mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know there is a way to to fight against patriarchy you know yeah it's a way to give it power to the powerless mm -hmm. it's a way to give them strength you know yes so that's you know what i think and you know while i i see why a lot of people will be like with certain workings very indignated like oh my god how they can do that mm -hmm. without mm -hmm. understanding the cultural baggage I, in the new book i'm writing right about dominations right now okay domination is like make another person to do whatever you want mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. you know economically sexually emotionally so anybody like from other cultures could be like even from our own cultures that didn't know what our grandmas put up with yes um so i i put like you know right now probably 2023 domination is gender neutral but it mm -hmm. wasn't like that yeah. you know even mm -hmm. you know after colonization it was a lot of you know every time you get married it was like a, an epistle that it was re recited mm -hmm. to every mexican couple who get married And the pistol used to say, like, you cannot importunate your husband. You cannot make him mad. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I still was recited that oh. pistol of oh Mechorol Campo in 2001. Wow. They stopped yeah. reading that <laughs> on 2006 in Mexico. Wow. Yeah. I mean, so, even when we, when we had our vows, they have the option, too, of asking the, the thing about, like, uh, you must obey your husband. I was like. No, that, that wasn't an option <laughs> before 2006, you know. Um, so they were reading this epistle from 1856 to 2006. Mm. Even I was one, when my first marriage, that's what they said. And you were pretty much like committing to these things and signing for that. And, yeah. and you could even like being held accountable yeah. if you like abandoned your you know, your household, like abandono de hogar mm -hmm. because, yeah. you know, that's yeah. what you sign it for. Right. Yeah. And, you know, people reading this stuff is like, uh, yeah, but you don't know this. They have to understand that, you know, exactly what you said about fighting against the patriarchy, because I know, I mean, I'll tell you, like my grand, my grandmother, my grandparents on my mother's side, my grandfather was an adulterer. He slept around. I am sure that there are illegitimate kids spread around. And this is a common thing that yeah, men did. People was, doesn't understand that. Yeah. My grandpa was the same way. Yeah. He actually married my grandma when she was 14. Uh, and he was already 19. Uh, yeah. So mm -hmm. you see things like that and you think 
like they're so far away no but they're, not. they're not yeah and it's fighting against the patriarchy because in something like that like that right you're dealing with this man who's older than you who has socially has power over you all all of this and so what do you what do you do do you just sit there powerless no you do an no, amare you do had, yeah you exactly. do some witchcraft on this guy to get him to behave <laughs> i have a, a spell there i don't know if you remember that is to fight fight against financial violence ah uh. and it, it talks about you know like all these ways that men have have you know mm. from a lot of years to have a power over the woman yes. and one of them is the financial way yeah. and i mentioned one song that is like it's so un ingrained in the culture that is normalized because yeah. you know yeah there is songs about that and nobody like think they're outrageous yeah so and i remember somebody told me when i was putting that 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 spell like but that doesn't happen in the united states and i'm like hmm. well it will maybe it doesn't happen in the same way but i know cases here yeah, yeah. where the yeah. guy told the woman oh if you divorce me i'm going to quit my job yeah. or i'm going to grab another job under the table and i'm just uh -huh. going to give you minimal child support exactly that's mm -hmm. another way to control a woman mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. what i'm going to do to support myself and plus three kids yep. because he's telling me like he's going to quit he's going to start working under the table yep yep yeah so it happens it does so, and, and what i would say to anyone who has a problem with certain recipes the, the you know the, the workings uh -huh. in the book and they were like oh like that that doesn't seem if you don't fucking like it then you don't do it then that's it, right? Like, it's just yeah. like an abortion. Like, if you don't like abortions, yeah. then don't have one. Don't and have that's it. it. Exactly. <laughs> and thankfully, like, people from our own culture, all of them have been like, you know what? I remember. <laughs> yeah. Or my grandma. Yeah. Or my tia. And you know what? Yeah. People from other cultures, is harder to understand yeah. what is behind that. I tried, I, I did, like, I think I tried to do, like, a really good job on that. But it's still people who, you know, like they think or probably their life you know because of their situation politically and is like rainbows and butterflies but yeah. it's not the case for a lot of us no it's not it, for me like brujería is about balance it's not about because i want to fuck everybody and i want just to be mean and you mm -hmm. know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i'm no, like no. tough no it's no. just you know to have a little bit of advantage on something yeah to advance myself and my kids and you know yeah. my people in some way it's a balance you know? of power yeah it's a balance of power like you said I thought that so is good. that the biggest thing that you want to take away from this and sharing this with the world uh yeah i'm yeah. just you know just like i said i'm i'm really happy and really thankful because i have had a lot of support and a lot of like love and <laughs> everything mm -hmm. is just insane yeah and the way that it fell together is super synchronistic um and that tells you that you're on your you're on the right path you're doing exactly what you're supposed to do right there was no resistance it was all just flow yeah. synchronicity flow synchronicity flow and that is the beautiful thing that happens when you align with your soul blueprint that's what everybody should experience i love you it. know it's yeah. Not everybody gets to. It's hard, but yeah, yeah, that's you're doing and I it beautifully. Fought it. I fought it. Yeah, I fought, fought it. I even it. put it in. I, <laughs> I put it at the beginning. Like I didn't want to because 
is that you don't never want to be the bad one or the mean one in the story of somebody else and you get that too much that you become you know your own victim you know so yeah i fought it and fought it and i when i i feel like i stopped fought in it is when like like everything has been happening so fast but wait how are you the the mean the me the 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 because of the name bruja because of the word bruja just like quit yeah like over there and more like for men like the patriarchy is like Mm -hmm. yep yeah because of because a bruja is an empowered woman she's a threat that's why yeah exactly and there is a lot of like women in mexico that they don't have for a psychiatrist or as like a therapist a counselor they go no. and they <laughs> talk with a curandera yes. to have these platicas or in a bruja yes so there is a lot of these men or like older women like oh my god she's putting things in your head she's you know <laughs> making you like like reveal against your yes. husband or your father or you know yes yeah so that's that's how you are like the threat yeah you're villainized you know? yeah like, yeah you're villainized. but it sounds to me like you're in fact the hero yeah right you're the one going <laughs> you're empowering in this... yeah you're yes empowering. yeah yes. that's the yeah. teacher the master teacher mm-hmm. again yeah back to that to your numerology and your purpose i so. think i think it has to do a lot of with the age i wasn't ready like mm. i wasn't ready like mm. yeah. yeah yeah and now like i'm almost 40 it, it things you see things and feel things so differently than you do because I think you you start to shed you start shedding the whole that fear of other people's opinions of what other people think of you at some point you're just yeah. like you know what you Fuck do this. not care you don't yeah care. and at you the same time you're very like really careful with your words I used yeah. to say all the time that I was I I did consider myself a feminist and not anymore after what a lot of women have make feminism that is very exclusive from trans I know yeah and, I know yeah there's that that's a great feminist point. I can you know I cannot be using that word is 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 that when you grow up you see a lot of things that you didn't see in the same perspective yeah. than now so. yeah that's yeah. why we learn we learn better and then we do better and that's it that's all we can yeah do. but that's a great point too that feminism does tend to take that arc that curve and then become exclusionary you know to what you know like only a specific demographic is a women. true yes. feminist yeah. you know which is not true no. which is not even men who have who support feminism can be feminists you know yeah I mean, absolutely to a certain degree right yeah. so mm-hmm. um yeah, that's that's a whole other topic that would be super fascinating to dive into. Yeah. You know, feminism. Yeah. Well, you know, in the different stages. Thank you so much, Laura, for taking the time. Yes, thank you, Laura. We appreciate you. It was beautiful. Beautiful story. Very, very cool how it all sort of came about. Yeah. Continued thank success. You. Yeah. And then when, when you get, when you release your next one, we would love to have you on again. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yes. Well, friends, that means it's time to say goodbye. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. You can find us on all of the socials under Esoterics Podcast. And if you haven't already done so, please subscribe and leave us a review. It helps us continue to grow and bring you these weekly um, sessions and information and all that good stuff. 
Thank you for hanging out with us today. Stay mystical, magical, and don't let anyone tell you what to do. Bye. Bye.